Let's talk about some Browns and Broncos playing this weekend, man. Big game in the Mile High City, 405, right here on WHBC. And joining us right now, former 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, had 13 sacks in one season. Uh, Chad now is a Denver Broncos analyst for Nine News Denver. Uh, He's a frequent co-host on ESPN Radio, and he's also the co-host of Kill You With Truth. And that's a podcast you can find wherever podcasts are found. Happy to have with us once again, Chad Brown. How are you, Chad? I'm fantastic, fellas. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving week to you. Uh, Looking forward to being on with you. Appreciate you making some time for us. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving uh, as well, Chad. And here we are, 7-3 Cleveland, 5-5 Denver. What's more surprising, Chad? That the Browns are seven and three with all their injuries and quarterback woes, or that somehow, some way, the Broncos are back to five hundred. I think it's got to be more surprising that the Broncos are back to, to five hundred after the starting the season one and five to win their last four to have the longest win streak in the NFL. Uh, some of these wins have been improbable or improbable. Some of these uh, wins uh, have been made in a fashion that seems unsustainable. But I played in the NFL long enough to know a win is a win is a win. You don't ever apologize for a win. And the Broncos are got four in a row, and the arrow seems to be pointed in the right direction. Chad, talk a little bit about Sean Payton. Embattled at the beginning of the season, probably because some of the comments he made versus the offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Hackett, who was there last year, now with the New York Jets. Uh, how has he been able to get things on going in the right direction, so to speak? Uh, the connection between he and Russell Wilson is starting to, to grow. And uh, you, you go back to that Chiefs loss five weeks ago, Russell Wilson passes for 94 yards. And that may have been the, the low point offensively for this Broncos team. You have to go back a couple weeks before that to go back to that Dolphins game where they got 70 points scored, and that was a low point defensively for this Broncos team. But since those two games, both sides of the ball have started to change things and evolve things and come together. Vance Joseph has changed some of the schemes. Some of the players who are being implemented, those schemes have changed defensively. Um, and I think he's far more comfortable calling, uh, calling plays. This offense, now, after getting uh, 94 yards passing and that Chiefs loss five weeks ago, the Chiefs game three weeks ago, got 114 yards. But this offense has continued to grow since then. And Russell Wilson kind of there's a certain Charlie check down component to this offense, but in critical situations, in the halves, in the ball games, uh, big third downs, Sean Payton lets Russell Wilson essentially uh, be loose a little bit, and he's able to throw the ball downfield. So it's, an, it's not sexy, it's not exciting, mm-hmm. but as evidenced by the last four weeks, it is certainly a, a formula for success, and the Broncos are winning with this. So is that formula the same one that the Browns will have to use now with DTR, at least again for this week at quarterback, and that is don't turn the ball over, rely on your defense, make it close in the fourth quarter, and have your kicker kick another game-winning field goal? That is essentially the formula. Yes, I think you, whether you're Stefanski or you're Sean Payton, you look at your team and you say, well, this is what I've got. I can draw up all the game plans in the world, but I've got to call for a game that my players can go out there and execute. So for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, I just talked about kind of the Charlie shutdown component to this Broncos offense. I'd imagine the Browns are going to do a similar thing as well. Hand the ball off a lot, lean on your defense, play the field position game. Let's minimize 
the opportunities for our quarterback to make a mistake. And let's keep him under wraps until we absolutely need him to make a play. And hopefully his athletic skill set allows him to do that. Happy to have with us Chad Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at ChadBrown94. Uh, many years in the National Football League at a very high level, 79 career sacks. And this is where I want to go as I bring that stat up for you, Chad. You had 13 uh, as your uh, high in one season, 79 for your career. And we're looking at a guy here in Cleveland who's starting to emerge as a defensive player of the year candidate in Miles Garrett. He already has 13 sacks in the first 10 games this year, 87 and a half uh, in the first seven years, and one, two, three, four, five, six years in a row, Chad, Miles Garrett with 10 or more sacks. How tough is it to put back-to-back-to-back-to-back numbers like that uh, in the sack category? It's incredibly difficult. I think you can consistently count on a guy who's got a skill set of getting pressures, getting hurries, getting the quarterback off the spot. But sacks, there's, there's just so many pieces to that stat that can go wrong. You can beat your man clean, but it's a three-man drop. You can beat your man clean, but the quarterback's rolling the other way. You can beat your man clean with a great move or bull rush him or, or power through him with all the different skill sets that Miles Garrett brings to that edge position. But if the quarterback is able to step up in the pocket because you didn't get an interior rush, once again, you don't get a sack. So that just goes to show from a consistency standpoint how often and how consistently he is beating the offensive tackle and how often he's in the backfield to be in that position to get double-digit sacks for that many years in a row. It's, it's incredibly it also speaks to a high level of availability and durability as well. Chad, when you've got a Super Bowl coach like Sean Payton, you've got a Super Bowl winning quarterback like Russell Wilson, you've got great wide receivers, you've got a couple of them. I mean, Cortland is nice. Jerry Judy, I've wanted the Browns to trade for for the last couple of years. Don't know if that'll ever happen down the road. But my point is this. A lot of the times, we want to just focus in on the offense. But that defense at mile high is pretty good and a place that the Cleveland Browns never play well at. You held the Packers to 17, the Chiefs to 9, the Bills 22. I know some of these games are on the road, but the Vikings to 20 points. How are they getting it done defensively? And we thought this defense was going to crumble a couple years ago when they trade away Von Miller. How are they getting it done? They are getting it done right now with turnovers. 12 turnovers in the last three games. They had three turnovers against the Vikings on Sunday night. So that's how they're getting it done. They are, they've made an emphasis in practice. The, the media availability portion of practice, that first 10 or 15-minute window, uh, you can see defensively they're working on tips and overthrows. They're working on stripping the ball. They're working on recovering the ball. And I have always found as an NFL team, you are what you emphasize. When I was a Pittsburgh Steeler and we were part of that Blitzburg-style defense, mm-hmm. guess what? We were good at blitzing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Um, and so this Denver Bronco team to put such an emphasis to make that the start of every single practice defensively, it's paying off with those turnovers now. So the Broncos certainly have a lot to work on and a lot to improve on. Uh, after running the ball so well against the Chiefs uh, three weeks ago, 40 times they ran the football. They didn't run the ball great against Buffalo. They didn't run the ball great against Minnesota. They didn't stop Minnesota's run game. Minnesota ran for 150 yards, almost five yards yeah. to carry they out-physical the Broncos at the point of attack. So there's lots to work on, but when you take the ball from the other team, it tends to mitigate whatever else you're weak at and make you know a positive for your defense and allow your offense to get some pretty good field position as well. Chad, you watch a game last night? 
Uh, I saw a bit of it, yes. I was. It's uh, obviously a holiday week. My kids are in town, so we had a family dinner. So I caught a little bit in and out. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to watch the whole thing. I got a DVR, though. Okay. What's your question? Well, my question is going to be a stupid one because I watched this game, and it might have been the greatest play I've ever seen had it been come to fruition. And tell me if this would have been the greatest play in the history of football or at least all the games that you've played or gone to. Uh, Patrick Mahomes getting ready to spike the ball and stop the clock, and the nose guard dives underneath the center and almost picked it off. Could you imagine on a on a spike down that you got an interception on a play like that? Yes, I can imagine that. I have attempted that very thing before, um, and I, I upset the entire. It was against the Kansas City Chiefs, really? Yes. So the Chiefs were. Uh, about midfield, and they were going to a victory formation. And I thought, if I could somehow get this ball, and we get we get one first down, we can kick a field goal and win it. We were only behind like a point or two. So while the Chiefs were looking to go victory formation, I was unwilling to concede the game. So uh, the big nose tackle, Carter from from Georgia, I saw him. Somehow he got 340 pounds through the center's leg. That was impressive enough <laughs> to get through the center's leg. But then he almost intercepted Yes. I, I I was not nearly as successful. I did not try to go in between the center's legs. I tried to go in between the guard okay. and center gap and slap the ball out of the quarterback's hands before he had a chance to, make, to take a knee. Uh, the, the Chiefs were very upset. They were mad that I was somehow violating the football code. I was like, we can still win the game. There's still put this time on the clock. There's still football to be played. If these guys go to victory formation, mm-hmm. does not mean I need to concede. And I thought that play last night was was tremendous, was gutsy. Apparently he saw it on YouTube. And that could have been one of the greatest football plays of all time, to your point. Yeah, hey, look at Journey. They found their lead singer now on YouTube, and he's been touring with them forever. (laughs) So you can find all kind of things on YouTube that might uh, help your profession out. Happy to be talking football, NFL football, Browns, Broncos with Chad Brown. Uh, He works in the Denver area. What's the... Um, what's the feeling amongst the fans now that they're back to five and five? Russell Wilson was taking a lot of heat and everything. Hey, overpaid. Uh, he's past his prime and everything like that. Have the fans come back? Uh, you know, to believing that this team could make the playoffs. I, I think the the mood in the city is incredibly positive. After the you know the win against the Packers, okay, you got lucky. Jordan Love threw an interception late. After the win against the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes had the flu. Chiefs didn't show up. After the win against the Bills, the Bills had 12 guys on the field, gave you a second chance to make mm-hmm. that last-second field goal. But now when you won four in a row, the, the sense is, okay, okay, you show me enough where i got to kind of believe in you. I'm not going to be fully invested in – I'm not buying my playoff tickets and, and blocking off my calendar just yet. But at 5-5, five and five, yes, the playoffs are a possibility. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton seem to be coming together with a meeting of the minds, and despite – having, you know, deficiencies on both sides of the ball show up every single game, you guys are finding ways to win. And so, in some ways, this is reminding the Bronco fans of the Tim Tebow era, where they pulled off unlikely win after unlikely win after unlikely win. This is feeling very similar to that. Russell Wilson's not playing like Tim Tebow. He's playing far better. But this team has that same kind of feel that they had when Tim Tebow was under center. Chad, what are we looking at this weekend? Snow in the Mile High Stadium or what? Yeah, uh, I think on Friday it's supposed to be eight or nine, eight or nine degrees. Uh, fortunately, I'll be out of town for that. I think it's supposed to be a little bit better by Sunday. Okay. 
I've got Oklahoma TCU on Friday, so I'll get a chance to escape this cold here. Hmm. Colorado will be in Oklahoma where it will be a little bit warmer for that matchup on Friday. Uh, what's the recipe for the Browns, Chad, to beat the, the Broncos, right? They're 5-5, five and five, so, uh, yeah, four in a row, that's great. But they've also lost five games, so they can be beaten. So what do the Browns do to beat Denver in Denver? Uh, you've got to make sure that you don't let the Broncos hang around. The Broncos will play poorly. Russell Wilson will play poorly. And, you know, you, you, you've got command of the game, but you somehow left it a one-score game or a nine-point game and the Broncos kick a field goal, and you're still feeling pretty good about yourself, and you look up, it's like, oh, my goodness, the Broncos can score a touchdown on one of these, you know, uh, last drives in the ball game and actually win this thing. Russell Wilson will create that magic that he had in Seattle. And that's what's happened these last couple of weeks against Buffalo and now against Minnesota is they allowed the Broncos to hang around. They turned the ball over and gave the Broncos multiple chances offensively when the offense wasn't playing. Then the Broncos were able to kick a field goal. And, again, hanging around, hanging around, and find a way at the very end of the game to turn it up. If the Browns can prevent the Broncos from taking the ball away from them, and when they get up on the Broncos, don't turn it down, turn it up and choke them out, I don't think the Broncos will have an answer for that kind of aggressive approach. Hey, Chad, we always appreciate the time you make for us. Make sure you tell Annie Hoffman thanks so much. Uh, She's always uh, great in helping us uh, line up guests like yourself and others here on the Kenny and JT Show. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy uh, Browns-Broncos. Enjoy your Oklahoma TCU game, and we'll talk down the road, all right? Looking forward to connecting later on. Happy holidays, fellas. Have a good one.